nothing of love and our misconceptions about love and what love is and what love isn't. And tonight, um, I'm just going to talk to you just for a couple minutes. I'm not going to take a lot of time tonight. But over the course of the next week and the next two weeks together, we're going to be going through some stuff that for many of us can be kind of heavy can be kind of hard to talk about and to deal with because we're going to be diving personally into the inner depths of where you and I live, the things that make us who we are. And what I'm talking about is I'm talking about our pain, and I'm talking about our experiences, I'm talking about our hurts, and I'm talking about the things that we hang on to and the things that we need to let go of. Um, last week we talked about the fact that God's way of showing love to this world is, be, is to show his love through you and through me. As a matter of fact, it says it explicitly in the book of 1 John. It says that God's love is fully expressed through us. The full expression of God's love shows itself through us, and that is a crazy thought. But it's an important thing for us to understand is that God wants to show the world around him what he looks like, and he uses us as flawed and broken as we are. And so as we've been talking about these things, we talked last week about mercy. We talked about that crazy story in the Bible about the Good Samaritan and about how racism played such a vital role in their culture and how yet in spite of all that, Jesus said, I want you to be instruments of mercy. And he just point blanks, just points as it says, show mercy. Where you go, find opportunities to show mercy. Show mercy to your children. Show mercy to your spouse. Show mercy to the people that you work with. Show mercy to people that you don't know. Let God show his love through your expression of mercy. And so tonight we're going to look at another expression of love through us. And I want to share with you a story in the book of Luke. It's found in the book of Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to read you this story. You can follow along with me. It says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for a meal. So Jesus accepted the invitation and sat down to eat. Now a certain immoral woman heard he was there and brought a beautiful jar that was filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who was the host saw what was happening and who the woman was, he said to himself, this proves that Jesus is no prophet. If God had really sent him, he would know what kind of woman is touching him, that she's a sinner. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. Simon, he said, to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher, Simon replied, go ahead. And then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned, 50, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you think loved more? After that, Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. And then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed with her tears and wiped them with her, with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, 
but she has kissed my feet again and again from the time that I first came in. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, they have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said to themselves, who does this man think he is going around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is a really, really trippy story because you and I, every single person in this room, we fall into one of two categories that are in this story. We either at certain points in our life fall into the category of the person who needs to forgive or we fall into the category of the person who's done something wrong and needs to say, I'm sorry. And we both find ourselves there at different points in our life because of different experiences. At some point in my life, somebody does something to me and I need to be the one to forgive. But at other times, I'm the one that screws somebody else and I need to be saying, I'm sorry. We both find ourselves in this story through the characters and through the description that lays out. See, this guy, I want you guys to really understand what was happening here. This guy who invited Jesus to his house, he was a religious person. He was somebody who understood the way things were supposed to work in the church world. And so in his mind, God had given them all of these rules to follow. And the point of the rules was to try to keep you from getting dirty or contaminated with the bad stuff that was around the world. That was his thinking. And so when he sees this woman come into this home, he instantly thinks, this guy, Jesus, can't be from God because God would never get near something that's dirty. And she's dirty. Look at her. We know what she's done. She's, she's a whore. She's somebody who does these things. She's dirty. God would never do that. That's what he's thinking in his mind. So before you get too judgmental of this guy, you've got to know where he's coming from. And so Jesus says, okay, let me tell you a story. He's like, there's this, there's this guy that pours out some money, a couple people. He gives this guy a boatload of money. He gives this guy a few bucks. But they're both broke. They both live in America in 2010, right? They both lost their jobs and they're in the economy and they can't pay him back. So the guy says, no worries, man. I'll just cover it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me back. And Jesus is like, let me change the whole storyline for you once again. Who do you think is more grateful? And the religious guy is just like, wow, if you put it in those terms... I guess the guy that got forgiven for the bigger debt is really, really grateful because he knows it was a big deal to him. The guy that just had a few bucks forgiven, he was like, eh, easy come, easy go. See, the thing about this story that is so amazing is when Jesus says, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. You know what I have found to be true in my life and have found to be true, especially in religious circles of people, is that a lot of times I forget how much I've really been forgiven of. And when I forget who I really am and who I really was before God rescued me, it's really easy for me to point my finger and to look at other people with judgment and say, you're not like God. You're not the way that God wants you to be. 
And when I hear a story like what Jake and Allie just shared of, of Joe, and I hear the story of him finding Christ and then starting to go to church and assimilating into the religious community and learning how to talk the talk and look clean on the outside and begin to do the moves that everybody else does. And then all of a sudden, something happens in Joe's life that just doesn't line up the way that it's supposed to. And he gets his girlfriend pregnant. See, that's when this story becomes a reality for us, doesn't it? Because how many of us, if Joe were to walk in and sit down with his pregnant girlfriend, in our minds think, dude, you're such a screw-up, man. You know better than this. You know better than this. Come on, man. You should know better than this. And you know what we're really saying? I forgot how much I've been forgiven for. I forgot who I was when Jesus rescued me. I forgot how great the debt was that was paid for me. And I'm treating it like it was a couple bucks. Easy come, easy go. See, forgiveness in this story is a, is a really, really important thing. How many of you guys enjoy music? You guys, most of us here, if you come to this church, if you don't like music, you're probably in the wrong building. We, we love music here. We love to celebrate the arts and celebrate the musical talents and gifts God's given to, to people. But I got to tell you something. I hope I don't put anybody on the spot. How many of you ever stood next to somebody who's trying to clap their hands with the band and they just don't get it? You know what I'm talking about. Everybody's clapping on the upbeat and he's clapping on the downbeat and it's just not working. What's happening is whoever this poor sucker is, is they don't have any rhythm, right? And when they don't have any rhythm, everybody around them notices, right? It affects their environment. It affects their life, right? When they're out of rhythm, everybody sees it. I want you to think about something for me, just for a second. I want you to think of forgiveness as the rhythm of your life. And when it's working... Your life is just in step and it's flowing and it's the dance is happening and you're feeling life like it was supposed to be. But when forgiveness stops and it can be either direction, it can be you not forgiving somebody else. It can also be you not being willing to say you're sorry so that you can receive forgiveness. But you know what happens? The rhythm of your life, it gets disrupted and people notice People notice when you don't allow forgiveness to be expressed through your life. All I got to do is have a conversation with one of you for a few minutes and listen to the edge to your voice or listen to the frequent conversational topics that come up and it becomes clear very quickly whether or not you've got something just stuck in your heart that you just can't let go of. It disrupts your rhythm. God wants forgiveness to be something that is just natural. Because how many of you know this world is going to hurt you? How many of you know people that you love are going to hurt you? How many of you know that if you're going to try to get through this life unscathed, good luck. You have to understand that forgiveness is how God shows love to the world.
Forgiveness is not natural. Forgiveness is not something that you and I really understand and doesn't come easy for us. But it's the way God wants it. I want to ask you something tonight. And some of you will just nonchalantly say, oh yeah, no problem, but I want you to think about it for a second. Do you know how to say, I'm sorry? Do you know how to say the words, I am sorry? See, because if you cannot come to terms with saying the words, I'm sorry, then there's a part of this story that we just read in the Bible that you'll feel very comfortable playing, the part of the judge. You see, the reason it is so important for you to be able to say I'm sorry is because forgiveness is a transaction that happens between two people every single time. There's a person who gives forgiveness and there's a person that receives forgiveness. And many of us think in our minds that as long as I'm easy to just forgive other people when they hurt me, I'm fine. And that's, you know, a big part of it. And we'll talk about that some more next week. But if you don't ever come to the place to where you own what you've done to other people, you're not receiving the forgiveness that God wants for you to receive. And they're on the other side, trying their hardest to say, I want to forgive this person, but they won't even own what they've done. They won't even say they're sorry. They won't even admit that there was anything wrong. Do you know how hard it is for that transaction to take place when there's only one person involved? You know how hard it is to get anywhere with somebody who just, uh, it's no big deal, I didn't do anything. To say the words, I'm sorry, and own what you've done Let's the rhythm that God created of forgiveness to work in your life and in everybody else's life. Forgiveness is one of those things that when it's working, your life is working. But when it's not, there's nothing that will put the brakes faster on your life than refusing to let something go. You see what Jesus says at the very end of this, of this uh, story he says to this woman some powerful words. He says, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. True love is shown whenever forgiveness is shown. Whenever forgiveness flows, God is shown. You see this concept of love that we've been talking about? It's got so many different faces and so many different expressions. And for us to truly understand love and to understand that God lives in us and he is love and he is wanting to express himself everywhere we go to every person. We think in our minds that, that to show love is just handing somebody a couple bucks if they're hungry or is just opening the door for somebody or some kind gesture. And God is saying, you don't understand how deep my love is. My love is so deep that it goes to the core of you. And if you want to show my love, you've got to say, I'm sorry. And you've got to own what you've done. And you've got to be willing to let that forgiveness happen. See, there's another, there's another twist on this whole thing that I think is the, is the, it's the linchpin. It's the hinge pin for this whole thing. Some of us, just like that woman, we really, when we look at ourselves, 
We don't like what we see. And just like this guy that was thinking in his mind, God would never get next to this woman because she's dirty. When we look at our lives, we think, I'm dirty too. And there's an element of shame and there's an element of, I just want to withdraw into the shadows that keeps us down. And for us to vocalize or for us to step forward and make attention drawn to us and say, look, I'm sorry for what I did. It hurts us because we don't want to be noticed. We want to just kind of blend in. God did not create us to blend in. God created us to show us. God created us to be able to show how great a love he has for us. And he chose to do it through us. His full expression of love comes through us. It doesn't come through a band. It doesn't come through a pastor teaching a sermon. It doesn't come through some good person that you know. God's full expression of love comes through you. When a world holds on to pain and holds on to their anger and holds on to their bitterness and says, I'll go to my dying day before I'll let this thing go. God says, let me show them love. Forgive. Forgive. Let it go. Let me show you how great and how different I am from anything else in this world. Let me show you to forgive. And it starts with us receiving God's forgiveness for our lives. That's where it all starts. See, God didn't ever tell us to do something that he didn't want to teach us how to do first. And so he came for us and he showed us love and he forgave. And in this story that we read, we see the most beautiful expression of how God sees forgiveness. That there is no big thing and small thing. That there is no wrong that I can hang on to because it's really not that big a deal. God says, let it go. Let it all go. Some of you tonight are sitting here and you're just thinking, holy crap, what did I walk into here? This is it. This is real life. We don't like to just, you know, play games and tell people, you know, oh, everybody's going to be fine. You're going to feel good if you go to church. Well, sometimes you don't need to feel good when you go to church. Sometimes you need to be slapped in the head a couple times with reality, right? It feels good after a while because it's the truth. I, I'm tired of being lied to. I get lied to all the time. Just turn on the TV and, you know, whatever. But if you want to deal with the stuff inside your heart, it's, 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 it's easier than, it, than you think. My wife said to me not too long ago, forgiveness is not a process. It's a choice. And she was right. Sometimes we think that forgiveness is something that we have to just kind of work over and over and over. You know what the reality is? When you look at a story like these, this, Jesus says, it's a choice. Are you going to hang on or are you going to let go? There's not an in-between where I'm kind of hanging on. Are you going to hang on or are you going to let go? And then learning to support that decision by your lifestyle and by your choices. There is help for you. Saturday nights, before we have church here, we've got an amazing, amazing class that many of us are going through. It's called Life's Healing Choices. And it is a class that is specifically designed for you and me to be able to look at the stuff in our life and the pain in our life and to be able to make the choice 
to learn how to live free and to learn how to have the truth of God captivate our hearts. And if there's anything that I've said tonight, if there's anything that I have said in the last few minutes that has made your heart kind of go like this and skip a beat, I'll see you next Saturday night at 545. Because that's where you need to be. Because there's something inside of you that you don't want to look at. There's something in your life that you don't want to let go of. There's something in your life that you know is affecting the rhythm of your life. I'm going to have Josh come up and he's going to lead us in a few more songs of worship as we take a few minutes together to process what God is bringing to the surface of our hearts and of our life. And as we begin to get real with God, amazing things happen. See, I have, I have had God show me over the course of the last six months a couple amazing things. One is that his love knows no bounds. It'll go places that I never thought possible for his love to go. And he also showed me something else, is that the way that God changes our hearts is a random thing all over the map, and he will use anything in our life that we give to him. My friend Larry was talking to me before church tonight, and I was asking him about some stuff in his life, and he said that exact thing. He says, you know, Jason, when you go through hard times or when you go through something difficult, if you give it to God and let him use it, he'll turn it into something precious as gold. And Larry's right. But first, you've got to give it to him. And so tonight, as we just take a couple moments to sing and to reflect on what's going on inside of us, my offer to you is simple. If you need to talk to somebody or if you need prayer, don't walk out of here tonight without having one of those things happen. I'll be up here. There'll be other people as we dismiss in a few minutes that would love to talk to you and have a cup of coffee with you and just talk about the stuff that you're feeling as a result of hearing a story like this. And there's a room full of people that would love to pray with you tonight before you leave. If you feel like you're in a place where it's just too dark or too heavy for you to be able to do it by yourself. But you have to respond to God. You got to respond to him. However that looks.